Welcome to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Shager, joined in the studio today with John Farrell. He's the director of the Institute for Local Self-Reliance in Minneapolis, which has been party to a first-in-the-nation partnership between the city and their local electricity and gas utilities. Like Tucson, over 60% of their greenhouse gases come from these sources, and they've agreed to cooperate to reduce the city's greenhouse gas emissions 80% by 2050. Also in the studio with me today is Ron Proctor from Sustainable Tucson, who has brought John Farrell to Tucson. They're inviting other organizations to partner and work on this type of partnership here in Tucson and Southern Arizona. Ron, why don't you get started telling us about Sustainable Tucson and this initiative? Uh, Well, Sustainable Tucson is now uh, going into its eighth year here in Tucson. We bring education and uh, try to accelerate sustainable actions here in in the region. What we excel at, if if anything, is uh, actually uh, holding monthly meetings on topics of sustainability and convening uh, meetings on on issues of importance at at that level. Uh, But we try to accelerate sustainable practice here in Tucson. And so uh, you've brought John Farrell in from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. We have, and I'm very, very excited to have John here. Let me also mention that I, I uh, serve on the City Climate Change Committee as co-chair, and as such, we are establishing a new goal for Tucson, a recommendation to mayor and council that we have a new carbon emissions reduction goal of actually net zero carbon emissions by 2040. And that's not an, not just an arbitrary uh, goal set out of the blue. It actually matches climate science, which is getting increasingly more challenging as we go forward. If we continue to burn fossil fuel at the rates that we are burning currently, we have until about 2040 before we will reach the amount of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere that will raise the temperature of the planet by two degrees centigrade. That might not sound like much, but it's enough to take us beyond the effects that we are already seeing as a result of climate change, including more dangerous storms, uh, of course, rising sea level and ocean acidification, and here more locally, of course, rising temperatures, uh, decreasing precipitation, drier conditions in general, uh, challenges to our water supply. And so there's all sorts of interactions, interconnections with those issues uh, with, uh, with actually having a sustainable city here in the long term in Tucson. In order to reach uh, such levels of greenhouse gas emission reduction, we need to focus our attention on, on not only what, I, what we do ourselves in our own daily lives, but also essentially at the system level where we have less control over where our carbon emissions come from. In Pima County, the over 60% of our greenhouse gases come from the emissions related to electricity production and in a secondary position to natural gas, which is um, coming uh, to be a, a secondary fuel but coming online to replace coal, which is the major contributor to our greenhouse gas emissions here. So electricity production and through our local producer here, Tucson Electric Power, necessarily if we are to reach net zero emission, uh, carbon emissions by 2040, we will be needing to essentially transition to renewable energy. So we bring John Farrell in here because Minneapolis has just crafted a first-in-the-nation 
agreement, a partnership with their utilities, both electric and natural gas, to uh, reduce their greenhouse gas gas emissions 80 percent by 2050, which is at the at approximately the scale that needs to happen time-wise and, and uh, quantity-wise. So that's why we brought John here to meet with various people here in town to find out how they how they did that in Minneapolis and to hopefully plant that seed because it may be a template for Tucson to do a similar thing uh, to help determine what Tucson's energy future will be like uh, in a time of great challenge with, with uh, climate change not yet turning the corner and heading in the right direction. Well, thanks for that introduction, Ron. I, I'm delighted to be here to share about this story uh, in Minneapolis on our city utility partnership. Um, as Ron has mentioned, um, our partnership uh, really actually formally launched uh, just at the beginning of February with the first meeting between uh, the two utilities, the gas utility, the electric utility, and representatives from the city of Minneapolis. Um, and it was you know, quite a, quite a story in the making. Um, in, it really started oh, about three years ago in 2012, um, when a number of activists interested in climate environmental issues, but also in uh, local economic development from renewable energy, uh, started sitting around a table together and asking how we could help the city be successful in meeting its climate goals, much like the questions that are being asked here in Tucson. And we realized the same thing, that between our gas and electric utility, more than 60% of our greenhouse gas emissions were coming from consumption of uh, um of, of gas and electricity through those utilities, and that we would likely need to have some sort of interface with those utilities if we were to be successful. Um, but what we realized at the time, unfortunately, was that we really didn't have a lot of leverage in that conversation, that we could certainly call them up and talk to them and say, we're going to really need your help. But that, necessi- that that's not the kind of request that often gets answered in the way that you hope when you have utilities that operate much uh, you know, their service territory is much bigger than the city of Minneapolis. Their interests and their shareholders have um, uh, interests beyond the city of Minneapolis. And so we started thinking about what, what could we actually do that's different. And what we had, we had, what we saw were essentially just two opportunities. The first was that the city had a franchise contract with each of these utilities that expired at the end of 2014. And we knew that the city was going to have to sit down at the negotiating table over this franchise contract. Um, to talk with the utilities, and we um, and and we hoped that that could be used maybe to have some conversation about climate and energy. Although in our initial exploration, we found that the law was pretty clear that we could not, and that left one other option, which was to form a municipal utility, which is of course a very difficult and expensive undertaking for a city and uh, a rather complicated one. But we thought, well, that that seems to be the one piece of leverage that we've got. So let's let's uh, look at the state law, and and it said essentially to form a municipal utility, you have to pass a referendum uh, among all the voters of the city, and then you would have to have the city council give it the thumbs up after that. And we thought, well, what if we just did step one? What if we didn't say we're going to make a new municipal utility, but what if we gave the city the power to do so? Would that give the city some power in these negotiations with the utilities that are coming up in a couple of years um, at the end of 2014? And so uh, 2013 rolled around. It would happen to be a municipal election year. So city council was up for election and the mayor was up for election. And we started rabble-rousing, for lack of a better term, um, going to community meetings and participating in the political caucus process and uh, meeting with candidates and asking them questions at, um, at forums during the campaign uh, and really made this a prominent issue uh, across the city where candidates were campaigning on energy issues. We had a number of city council members endorse um, this 
this opportunity for voters to put this on the ballot, not necessarily endorsing a municipal utility, but endorsing the idea that citizens should be given a right to choose if the city should go ahead with this. Um, and w- what's fascinating is that even though we kind of were set on this course in the middle of 2013 toward a question of, you know, shall the city have the power to municipalize or not, um, what ended up happening late in, the, in that summer was that the gas utility came to our grassroots organization, which was called Minneapolis Energy Options, and said, um, we actually don't want to be the target of a municipal energy campaign. We'd like to work with you. And in fact, we're, we'd be willing to sign a memorandum of understanding that says we're interested in helping the city meet its climate goals. And the electric utility didn't say quite as much, but they did send a very nice two-page letter to the city council saying, essentially, we are also interested in working with you and not fighting against you. And so the city laid down this ballot initiative, and and it did not go to the voters, but the utilities both said, essentially, we are interested in forming some sort of partnership or coming to some sort of agreement about how we can work together. And um, in the year and a half since then, that's kind of the proof is in the pudding now is to figure out if if this is going to work. So the city had also done a study looking at what its different options would be. And I mentioned earlier that we thought the only two options we had were this franchise contract and forming a municipal utility. But this study came up with three additional options. And one of those was this very novel concept of forming a sort of parallel partnership to this franchise agreement that the city had signed with these utilities. And and that's ultimately what we ended up pursuing. So in October of 2014, uh, the city and the utilities formally signed this partnership agreement, which will create uh, an, an actual sort of separate entity and, and meeting space for the city and the utilities to talk about the city's climate action goals and sustainability goals, its interest in local energy development and economic development. Uh, there will be a community advisory committee that is participating where ordinary residents and, and citizens in Minneapolis will be able to be at the table and help discuss the work plan of this partnership board. And uh, as I mentioned before, we've really just gotten started. The first meeting has happened uh, just in the last month, and we're about to find out whether or not we can put together a, an ambitious plan for uh, getting the greenhouse gas emission reductions that we want, getting the local energy development, getting the kind of community-based energy development that we see as important. You're listening to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Schager, joined in the studio today with John Farrell, Director of the Institute for Local Self-Reliance in Minneapolis, as well as Ron Proctor from Sustainable Tucson and also a co-chair of City Climate Change Committee. Well, thanks to both of you for coming in and telling us what's happening in Minneapolis and what could happen here in Tucson. What are some of the next steps? What are some of the challenges? How do you sustain the sustainability? I think you're right. There's almost nothing but challenges ahead, although there's great advantages too. Uh, as John uh, mentioned, uh, the I think he was mentioning some of the economic uh, potential for a transition to renewable energy from fossil fuel, uh, especially in a location where we have some of the, the best solar potential in the world. There are a lot of barriers. I think the one of the major barriers is uh, getting more public about this initiative. Um, climate change itself is uh, there's been barriers thrown in the way of information so that most pe- many people don't have an inkling about the dramatic need to be working on this problem. And there's been a lot of disinformation um, created around climate change. The knowledge base is certainly a a big challenge. Um, I think from polls, people are very excited by the idea of solar in Arizona and the solar economy that could come about in the transition in that economy would not only be uh, 
economically advantageous because of the new technology, because of free energy, because of uh, but it would also include side benefits of of having healthier air. And as we move towards a zero carbon emissions culture, we'd actually have communities that were more walkable and healthier for people, mixed use and. So our, our neighborhoods would actually be a, 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 an essential component of how we would develop uh, in that direction. One of the things I'm hoping to share with folks here in Tucson from our experience in Minneapolis has been to really look at how the utilities are used to doing their business, what it is that motivates them, what are their incentives, and, and what in, in what ways can we motivate or incent them to do what we're hoping to see in, in terms of the, the changes for our energy use in Minneapolis. And, you know, in, in preparation for coming down to Tucson, a lot of what I looked at was Tucson Electric Power, and they've just published uh, what they call an integrated resource plan, which is essentially a 15-year plan for their development of electricity infrastructure um, starting uh, with this year and uh, through um, uh, 2028. And it's a really telling document in terms of um, setting out some very long-term plans about how they intend to, uh, well, what their expectations are for uh, energy use, uh, which they expect to go up, even though there's a lot of examples around the country of utilities uh, seeing demand for electricity stagnate um, and even fall. Um, they have a lot of plans for increasing uh, the use of natural gas production uh, for electricity um, as an alternative to coal, which of course is advantageous in the short run, um, but these new power plants that they are uh, interested in will be operated for at least 40 to 50 years of useful life and perhaps operated too long from the perspective of reaching a net zero carbon goal when you're talking about getting to net zero by 2040. Um, another thing that's telling in their resource plan is that they project a very high cost for solar. Um, in fact, I, being from Minnesota, which is, of course, not as sunny a location, uh, the price even looked high to me for, for the projects that we're seeing developed in Minnesota, where we've had some solar power development by utilities. And so, you know, one of the things I really am, am hoping that people uh, will take away from my visit here is that there are a lot of tough questions that need to be asked of the utility about what its resource plans are, how those align not only with, you know, environmental concerns around greenhouse gas emissions, but whether or not they're actually in the best fiscal interest of ratepayers in Tucson that solar power is probably cheaper than the natural gas development that the utility is intending to do, um, not only from the standpoint of its cost per kilowatt hour, but in terms of the fact that it has um, very stable pricing then for customers over the long run. Um, so it has zero water use compared to natural gas, which is still a thermal power generation technology, uses a lot of water. And water scarcity, of course, is a much, uh, much more substantial issue here than it is uh, for us in Minnesota. Um, but there just there are so many different ways in which I think questions have to be called about this resource plan, uh, and it's really I think the responsibility of of ratepayers and and residents here in Tucson to be asking their utility those questions to make sure that going forward that the the plan you know the 15 year plan for Tucson Electric Power should really align with the 2040 plan of the city and the county and the other entities that are working together on this issue. Otherwise, I think there's um, a potential for a lot of unfortunate conflict. Maybe you can add to this, John, but one of the other barriers or challenges is that um, Tucson Electric Power was recently sold to a Canadian company. And so one question that, that needs to be asked is how responsive uh, that company will be to issues here local to Tucson. Uh, I understand that they have left the local staff intact here, 
um, and and those of course are our, our regular neighbors and and uh, and and know these issues a lot better perhaps than um, a company that's farther away. But as we try to craft a partnership between the utility and the city about the city's energy future, um, we will want to have uh, top-level policymakers involved from both sides. And I think this is the partnership model in Minneapolis where policymakers within the utilities also are at this table. So it's actually people that would be able to make policy difference and choicing. And so that's another challenge to get those uh, folks into the same room with the intent to move uh, successfully towards this goal. I think that's one of the real successful elements so far in the structure of the partnership in Minneapolis is that the utilities have committed full-time staff people who are fairly senior to being part of this partnership conversation, and the city is committed to city council members and some staff time as well. And so that we have what I hope to be people in the room that are not only deeply interested in these issues and and understand them really well, but uh, have the potential to really influence changes in policy uh, that will be meaningful. And, you know, obviously we're at an early stage yet, and it will remain to be seen whether or not the results that we want come out of this. Um, You know, I think one of the big things that's on my mind and is something I'm conveying here or uh, wanting to convey to folks in Tucson as well is that you know, it's not just a question of renewable versus fossil fuel, but it's also about where does that development take place and where what are the benefits of it. That, you know, our interest in Minneapolis was seeing a lot of renewable energy development within city boundaries and and owned by city residents and businesses because so much more of the economic benefit from renewable energy can be localized. That you can't build a natural gas plant or a coal power plant that's community owned. Uh, and on property within city limits, nor would you necessarily want that. But with solar, it's a completely different story. It's something that people uh, would not only tolerate, but probably desire. And a chance to invest in that and to reap the benefits of it is enormous. I mean, a, a one megawatt solar array, which is, you know, the example I give is there's an IKEA store in Minneapolis, and that's the rooftop array is about one megawatt. Uh, can create about 20 jobs and add about two and a half million dollars to the local economy just building the project. But over its lifetime, it can add an an additional $5 million in electricity savings to the local economy if that project is owned by residents and businesses within Tucson rather than by the electric utility. So there's a really powerful opportunity to, you know, have not only some local authority over what happens with energy in Tucson, but also to really juice up the local economy from the decisions that are made in any kind of partnership arrangement. Remembering another piece of your earlier talk, John, talking about the the activism that was necessary to uh, bring this about in Minneapolis. And uh, of course, these are when we try to, to change the status quo, politics can very soon get involved in the in the equation. And so it is necessary for people to uh, to support in numbers this sort of action um, with uh, you know at the, at the proper time at at, uh, at meetings where uh, the support is called for, and right alongside that, having been educated enough to know what you're promoting, and trying to bring forward. It remains to be seen, but I'm I'm very hopeful, given the world that I live in, that we can help leverage things forward and get more people involved in this this initiative. And it is formative as well. So, I mean, bringing John here is really planting some er- very, very early seeds. 
However, the, the, the climate change challenge is, is upon us now, and uh, we need to be accelerating very quickly our actions in order to mitigate the worst, worst effects of, of climate change. So uh, getting activists involved uh, at all levels uh, is, is going to be essential to carrying this through. You know, one thing I would add about the success of the grassroots activity in Minneapolis is that, you know, I think in the, in the early period, in the early phase of our work, especially in 2013, when this was a part of the municipal election campaign, it was really a question of how do we inspire people to look to what could, what we could do, what, what is possible with our energy system. And we looked to other places like Santa Fe, New Mexico, or Boulder, Colorado, where there are active campaigns around creating municipal utilities and where they're talking about completely eliminating the use of coal-fired electricity, where they're talking about doubling the amount of renewable energy that's on the system and doing it at a a comparable cost and with the same level of reliability um, of the incumbent utility. And we used that as a way to get people excited about what the possibilities are. And the second piece of it now is kind of the second phase that we're in, and I and I think this is a really important thing to understand, is that at some point you also have to be willing to make it uncomfortable for the people who are your allies if they're not willing to stand up for it when the decision-making time happens. So we're now in this partnership phase. We now have this opportunity to really sit down with the utilities and ask them to deliver. And if they're not going to deliver, it's going to be our job to not only make them but the city council folks feel a little uncomfortable about that and to realize that, there are folks behind them that want to hold them accountable to those promises, to that vision. And, um, you know, we're going to have to keep showing up to do that. You're listening to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. Joined in the studio today with John Farrell. He's the uh, Director of Democratic Energy at the Institute for Local Self-Reliance in Minneapolis. And they've already been doing some of uh, the groundwork to um, – collaborate with their city and their utilities. And also in the studio today, Ron Proctor from Sustainable Tucson and co-chair of the City Climate Change Committee. You've both presented a lot of food for thought about what your organizations have done in the past, what they're working on now, and, and the steps you hope to take in the future. How do people find out more about you, how they can get involved? Well, here in Tucson, um, uh, people can connect with Sustainable Tucson. Uh, we do have a website at sustainabletucson.org. And uh, we do hold monthly meetings. You can check our calendar to see which issues we are highlighting each month. And you can find more about the work that the Institute for Local Self-Reliance is doing on uh, the local energy economy um, at our website, ilsr.org. Uh, and click through to the energy program. Uh, we've got a weekly email update that highlights a lot of the successful and interesting stories from around the country about local efforts similar to what's happening in Tucson um, and also uh, mixed in with some wonkishly inspired but hopefully uh, lay accessible charts and graphs that explain some of these complicated issues uh, in plain terms uh, so that folks can understand a little bit more about how the economics of energy work and what the opportunities are in their community. Any final thoughts? Well, I just uh, welcome anybody who wants to join the Sustainable Tucson community um, and help us with our work. We do also uh, convene a Envision Tucson Sustainable Festival each year, for which we're always looking for exhibitors and for uh, volunteer assistance. And we, we welcome more ideas and people that want to work on helping educate the population here in Tucson through our programs. 
And I'd just like to say that the Institute for Local Self-Reliance based in Minneapolis is always happy to send a winter delegation to Tucson. (laughs) Um, It's been a delight being here already, uh, and we look forward to continuing this relationship. And we will come in the summer to learn more about your work there. Once again, thank you so much to John Farrell, Institute for Local Self-Reliance, and for Ron Proctor, Sustainable Tucson. You've been listening to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Schager.